بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على خاتم الأنبياء والمرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين وبعد May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward all the brothers uh, who had a very brief night of rest and mashallah performed the sajr salat with jama'ah May Allah ta'ala reward each and every single one and make this a short and beneficial session for us uh, so that we can Insha'Allah, spiritually get recharged in these early morning hours, these Mubarak, blessed uh, moments. And make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, give me the reality of the words that I will be sharing. First of all, as I am in the greatest need of them, and all of uh, the rest of us here who are listening on site and perhaps online, now and later the recording, may Allah ta'ala guide each and every single one of us, guide us all. And I pray that after we spiritually get recharged, we also get a chance to mentally get recharged and physically get recharged with uh, uh, opportunity to rest before the rest of the day, which is a very, inshallah, going to be a busy day filled with uh, beneficial programs. اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين انعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين امين رب العالمين Today's morning session I wanted to share with you an important topic which has been titled as twin trials doubts and desires twin trials doubts and desires as our beloved colleague Mufti Hassan Sheikh hafizahullah in the fajr salah he recited uh, the Surah Mulk that we heard, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the fact that this life is a test. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who has created life and death to test each one of you. Who amongst you is the most beautiful in their deeds? He doesn't necessarily ask us, test us, who has the most deeds? But rather, ayyukum ahsanu amala who has the best deeds. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not necessarily looking for the quantity, but he's looking for the quality of our actions. On the day of judgment, there will be waznul a'mal, weighing of the deeds, not adul a'mal, counting of the deeds. And the weight in the deeds will come from the ikhlas and sincerity. May Allah ta'ala grant us all sincerity. Amin inshallah. So they are, this life is a test, and those scholars had divided the test into two categories. One is the fitna, the test. Fitna is that test which will li literally be able to determine how pure the gold is. So how pure we are, how pure our souls are, are this will be tested by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And one is the fitna of shubuhat, of, of intellectual doubts, and one is the fitna of shahawat, carnal desires. Fitna of shubuhat, intellectual doubts, and shahawat, carnal desires. Fitna to shubuhati was shahawat. And in the Arabic language, both of them start with the sheen, shubuhat, shahawat. And to make it easier for us to remember them in English, both of them start with the D, doubts and desires. I know it's early in the morning. So we can try to remember this doubts and desires, the twin, twin trials, two tests. 
The reason I recited Surah Fatiha is to take the Barakah Fatiha to Al-Kitab, the Sabah Al-Mathani, seven often repeated ayat. But also, we find an indication towards this, these two trials in the Surah Al-Fatiha. Wherein after praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, glorifying Him, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, Maliki Yawmiddin, all praise belongs to Allah, Lord of the Worlds, and whose mercy is Aam and Tam, all-inclusive and perfect, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, and He is the Master of the Day of Judgment, Maliki Yawmiddin. We declare our servitude to Him, Iyaka na'budu, only you to be worshipped, Ya Allah, wa Iyaka nasta'een, and only from you we seek help, fawq al-asbab. Worldly means we can ask each other for help, tahta al-asbab, but fawq al-asbab, beyond the means of this dunya, we seek help only from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Iyaka na'budu wa iyaka nasta'een. Ihdina sirat al-mustaqeem, O Allah, we ask you to guide us along the straight path. This is the greatest need we have, that we continually ask Him, in every rakab, every prayer. إِيَّاكَ نَعْبَدُوا وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ اِهْدِنَا الصِّرَاطِ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ Guide us along the straight path. سِرَاطَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ The path of those people, O oh Allah, you have favored, whom Allah has described as the Nabiyyin, Siddiqin, Shuhadain, Salihin. O oh Allah, guide us along the straight path, the path of those whom you have favored. وَإِرِ الْمَغْضُوبِ عَلَيْهِمْ Not the path of those who have earned your anger, O oh Allah. They have earned your anger. Allah describes in Surah Al-Baqarah. They earned the anger of Allah, the Yahud. Nor the path of those who have gone astray. These are described in the next surah, Surah Ali Imran. They have gone astray. They are the Nasara. So the scholars mention here that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he, he shows us that our greatest need is Hidayah. And that's why we ask for that Hidayah for him. And then he qualified this Hidayah both ithbatan and nafyan, in a positive sense, the path of which people, and not the path of which people. Surat al-Ladheena an'amta alim, there are many lessons there. Surat al-Ladheena an'amta alim, who are those whom Allah has favored? Which is another beautiful topic for some other time, if Allah wills. But we want to focus on this last part. Allah Ta'ala could have ended it right there, but He said specifically, غير المغضوب عليهم and غير الضالين غير المضوب عليهم ولا الضالين which means غير المضوب عليهم and غير الضالين not the path of those who have earned your anger and not the path of those who have gone astray so these two groups have been identified are, are you with me or you, uh, I lost you? huh? okay غير المضوب there are those two groups identified the reason these two groups are identified is because they failed in two, two tests the same test we talked about. Maghdubi alayhim, they failed in the fitna of shahwad, the desires. And they failed, the Nasara, they failed in the test of shubuhat, doubts. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is identifying for us the two groups to remind us that we want to ensure that we do not f fail in these tests like these two groups failed in the two respective tests. So, how, what's a brief uh, summary of, of how they failed? First, the Yehud, they failed in the fitna of shahawat. There are many shahawat. One of the shahawat is kibr, arrogance. And 
What is arrogance? Someone came to Rasulullah Okay, and he did not mention that this is my condition. But he said, oh, I want to ask you about a man, someone else, like third person. And this is a very common phenomenon when, as, you know, not that we are, have any ilm, but as a student of knowledge, sometimes people come and ask us questions. And they say, I have a friend. Right. So my friend, you know, um, not that, you know, it's me or anything, it's some friend. And uh, the friend has a daughter, and the daughter, you know, has this question. She's saying, what should I do? Um, my husband, he's forcing me to, for example, take off my hijab and serve his guests. So, and like, I'm not related to this individual at all, but, you know, someone, someone else. I know some random friend. So the girl, she's telling me, Baba, <laughs> what? What should I do? So what do we do when we're hearing this question? Uh, we just keep a straight face, right? We don't have to identify the fact that what? He just exposed the fact that the girl asking the question is his own daughter. Because he's trying to maintain his sense of honor. And honor is important. So this is a very common thing. Oh, my friend has this question. Most of the time, whenever they say it's my friend, it's referring to themselves, right? So anyway, a man came, he said, Ya Rasulullah, inna rajula yuhibbu ayyikuna thubu hasan wa na'alahu hasan. This one perhaps was a fashion conscious person at that time. Um, and he was shy to say it about himself. But for those of you who are, uh, you know, fashion conscious, even bright early in the morning for Fajr, you make sure you comb your hair after you make wudu and everything before you come to the Fajr Salah. So, he, he asked Rasulullah this question and you need to thank this Sahabi. He said, Ya Rasulullah, inna rajula, there's a man. He likes that his clothes look nice and, and beautiful and Hassan, beautiful clothes. And then it's hard to imagine 1400 years ago, in, in, subhanAllah, in that time and age as well, he says, He likes his shoes to be nice. <laughs> what type of primitive shoes they may have had? But even at that time, he wanted, he liked to have nice shoes. When you look at it, shoes should be comfortable, right? How often when you're looking at people, are you going to look at their shoes? When you talk to, Mwajaha is to face to face. You look at the watch, the face of a person. Uh, of the, without shahwa, with the same gender. <laughs> But you don't, right? You're supposed to look at the face. Now, uh, why would you look at the shoes? SubhanAllah. You wouldn't look at the shoes, but it reminds me of Manakmur Palampuri. Lisanu da'wa wa tabligh. MashaAllah. For over half a century, he was giving so many bayans. So he was saying that the da'i uh, has always, is always concerned about da'wa. All times. He's immersed in the fikr of da'wa. And all the time he's at every function he goes to, he's concerned about how I can make tashkil and, and encourage people to go out in the path of Allah. There's not a single moment he's not thinking about it. Even speaking about a daughter, if it's his own daughter's nikah, <laughs> you may have experienced that. He, he's also, he's, even at the nikah function of his own daughter, he's also concerned if there's anyone here, I can get them ready to go for 40 days. He's always, so he was giving an example he said that in his band, Mawlana Umar Palampuri, he said that it's like a, a person who has a 
jutong ka karhana, right? He said a person who has a factory of making shoes. So he said that he's always, because remember, you own the business or the business owns you. The business owns you, right? Watijaratan kasadaha. The business that you're always afraid is going to go down. That's why it was the, I believe it was the founder of Intel. He said, only the paranoid survive. <laughs> right? So, watijaratan, the business, takshawna kasada, you're always afraid. So he is, is going to go down. You never rest. So he said, this guy who has a factory of shoes, uh, he said, wherever he goes, he's looking at the shoes. What are the different designs, what people are liking, what people are not liking, what they're wearing, what they're not wearing, what's, right? Because he wants to make the models that are, uh, are, uh, that are becoming more popular. So he said that, but then it was funny, the examples he gave, subhanAllah. Who to give? Because these examples help us understand. Our Ustaz used to say that, Tamthil se tafim me tasil hoti Tamthil se by giving examples, it becomes easier to understand. That's why Allah Ta'ala gives examples. So he gave examples. He said that this man, when he, uh, yeah, when he goes to the stores of, uh, to see the shoes that are being selling in the retail area, that's fine. But that makes sense. But guess what? He said that this person, when he goes to the masjid, which part of the masjid is he most concerned with? The shoe racks. Allah. He's looking at all the shoes in the shoe racks. That's like the last place you are concerned about, but he's most concerned about the shoe racks. Then he said, when he goes to the wedding, go back to that walima, think about the walima. He's concerned about the, the shoes under the table. <laughs> right? So if there's a round table of 10, there's 10 pairs of shoes to look at. <laughs> Allah Akbar, when he goes to a match, these are his examples, not mine. He said when he goes to a soccer match, everyone is following the ball, but he's looking at the shoes of the player. He's not even concerned, did the ball go into the goal or, you know, or did the goalie catch it? Where did the ball go? Everyone's following the ball, but he's following the shoes. So this is why Fikr Sawarhe Sarpar, he's concerned, it's all times about the shoes. Right. So likewise, a da'i is always concerned, how can I take people out in the path of Allah? And connect the khalq to the khaliq, the creation to the creator Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So anyway, that is one individual, I just went on a tangent here, that is concerned about shoes. But most of the time, when you see a person, uh, you're, you're not looking at their shoes, right? You're looking at the person. So shoes, do, should, do they have to be so beautiful? Or they should be more, you should be concerned about them being what? More comfortable. But this Sahabi said, Ya Rasulullah, there's a man, he likes to have beautiful clothes, beautiful shoes. Is this min al kibr? Is this arrogance? So Rasulullah said, Inna Allah jamilun yuhibbul jamal. Allah is beautiful and loves and appreciates beauty. That is not necessarily arrogance. Could be. It depends. What is kibr? Reality of arrogance is batrul haq, denying the truth. Because of your ego, you deny the truth, you don't want to say sorry. My mistake. So this is, a, and uh, it's hard to say sorry, right? It's hard for different people to say different things. So with our children at home, the hardest thing for them is to say sorry. And uh, for a wife, the hardest thing to say is what? Based on the hadith? 
What's the hardest? Is it sorry the hardest thing? No. What, anyone know? Thank you. Yes. So, I'm not saying you're speaking from experience. <laughs> but uh, this is based on the hadith. This is, these are the tests for women. Men have their tests too. Men have their own tests. We're not, talking, we're not saying all men will enter Jannah. Uh, we, we wish all men, we wish all women would enter Jannah, everyone enter Jannah. But men have their test, women have their test. The test of a woman is takfurun al-ashir. She will be ungrateful to her husband. One of the sifat that will take a woman into Jahannam, may Allah protect all our women, may Allah protect all our men, is that takfurun al-ashir, to be ungrateful to the husband. Ma ra'aytu minka khayran qattu. I never saw one good thing from you since I came to your home. So it's hard to say thank you, it's hard to say sorry. So Nabi Sallallahu said, What's arrogance, Kibir? Batr al-Haq, to reject the truth because of your ego. And Ghumtun Nas, to make tahqir and look down upon people. So if you have beautiful shoes and beautiful clothes, and you say, This is the blessing of Allah that I'm doing tahdith and I'm saying, Allah, it's your fault that you have granted me these things. And say, Shukr lillah, that's not arrogance. But rather, if, if you look at the guy next to you, oh my God, look at your clothes. You know, where did you get that? Walmart? No. You can buy clothes from Walmart? What? Okay. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. Uh, so, and, uh, you know, what kind of dress is that? So if you're looking down at someone, then it becomes arrogance. But if you are saying, Alhamdulillah, somebody came to the masjid in Kufa and he had tattered clothes. And uh, shabby clothes. Imam Abu Hanif, he was a businessman in clothing. So he, he got some money, put it in a bag, and quietly, he gave it to him, very quietly, secretly. Those who spend the path of Allah secretly and openly. So when you want to hide the identity of the recipient, sirran, secretly. And when it's a big open cause, like, you know, the Dar- this is an open, uh, everyone knows, you're not hiding Dar Islam is open. It do- it does it need funds to survive? Allah Ta'ala Fadl, but if he, he gave, gave us an opportunity to support such causes, right? He doesn't need it from us. We need Allah, Allah is Ghani al-Hamid. But the fact that it needs funds uh, is apparent, right? It's not something you need to hide. So when it's a public need, alaniya, openly. So over here, he was a private individual, so he gave him secretly. When he gave it to him, what did the man say? Oh, Allah has given me a lot of wealth, I don't need this. I'm quite rich in fact. So Imam Hanifa said, why are you presenting yourself in such a shabby state? As if you are so poor. Allah Ta'ala, inna Allah yuhibbu an yara athara ni'matihi ala abdihi. Allah likes to see the signs of his blessings upon you. Utilize those blessings and say, alhamdulillah. Right. So this is arrogance. The arrogance is looking down on others and considering yourself better than others and to reject, rejecting the truth. That's the arrogance. That's the shahwa of the nafs. And this was found in the Yahud because they were looking forward for the final prophet and they were telling the, the Banu Qaynuqa, Banu Nadir, Banu Qurayza, the three Jewish tribes, what were they doing in Yathrib? Yathrib is the name before Hijrah. Which turned into Al Madina Al Munawara or Madina Tur Rasul, Madina Tur Nabi, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the city of the Prophet. 
Medina just means city. Just means any city. This is Medina to Lombard. <laughs> so why is the Medina called Medina? Al Medina, Al Medina, Al Munawwara, the city, the illuminated city of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So it's called Yathrib before. So why did they migrate to Yathrib? Because they saw the signs that the Prophet, the final Prophet, is going to come, and they used to tell the the Jewish tribes. Tawassul. They were making tawassul with Rasulullah before his hijrah. And they used to tell the Arab tribes that the Aus and the Khazraj, with the help of the final prophet, is going to come under his leadership since we will believe in him, we will support him, and together we will destroy you. So ironical. Those Aus and Khazraj turned out to become whom? Ansar of Medina. The Sa'dan, two Sa'ds. Sa'ad bin Mu'adh is the leader of the Aus and Sa'ad bin Ubadah the leader of the Khazraj radiallahu anhuma and these two tribes became the Ansar of Medina they became the Ansar of this Ummah and got such a lofty status and these the other three who were the Jewish tribes uh, with the exception of a few who were granted Hidayah majority of them re- rebelled against Allah and the Rasul then when the Prophet came that they knew him, recognized him. How much did they recognize him? All of Father, mashallah, are awake. That he they recognized him as the way a father recognizes his own children. So a father, he should not have any doubt about which one is his kid. Right? If he pays a little bit of attention to what's going on at home, how the child is developing, uh, then he should know, oh yeah, this one I believe is mine, right? So, so, so this is how they recognized when they saw Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam this is the Rasul of Allah Abdullah bin Salam عنه, was not only a Yehudi he was a rabbi not only a rabbi he was a chief rabbi of the rabbinical seminary Baytul Midras where they trained rabbis not in Tel Aviv where? in Yathrib <laughs> so he would train rabbis in Yathrib and he says, Allah Akbar, on the day of Tala'il Badru Alina min Thaniyatil Wada'i, Wajaba Shukru Alina ma da'alillahi da'i. That day when Nabi Sallallahu entered Medina, he said, Let me go out to see who this man is. So he says, Falamma ra'aytu wajhahu, araftu anna wajhahu lisa bi wajhin kathabin. The first time I glanced upon his noble countenance, I knew for a certain fact this can never be the face of a liar. The first words I heard him saying, He said, the first words I heard him saying was, Spread the salam, O people. Feed people the food. That, you know, feed food. Feed people. If you're feeding, it's going to be food. So you shouldn't have to say feed food. <laughs> I was translating, So it's feed people. Well, uh, and, and join the ties with the relatives and perform the salah at night when people are asleep when they're asleep in the gym you pray in the masjid <laughs> you will enter Jannah with peace so they knew him and the, their stories of how they knew him and they recognized him are so many in the hadith right there was that Yehudi young man who had come to visit Rasulullah but when he was missing, absent, Nabi went out to find out where he was, went to his home. Nabi went to the home of a Yehudi 
Subhanallah. Visiting the sick. It's not only for Muslims, for non-Muslims too. When Imam was, uh, you know, sharing an example of, you know, how we can overcome the negative stereotypes, that he went to visit a, in a, a children's hospital. There was a family. They had a child who had leukemia and was dying. So he went to go visit. Now this is a pediatric unit. All it was a whole pediatric hospital. Not only that floor, every floor is sick children. So when he went to go make du'a, then Allah Ta'ala put in his heart. He went with a sunnah as an imam. He said, let me go to at least on this, in this particular uh, wing of the hospital, in this particular unit, there were so many parents sitting with their kids crying. So he said, Why should I, uh, after making dua, he came in his heart, he said, let me go to the next room, next room, next room. And he go there and he say that, you know, I came here uh, to pray for the, the shifa and cure of your child. Do you think anyone will say, no, I don't want your prayer? The atheist will say, come, right? Come pray for the shifa of my child. What a beautiful, impactful story. So he went to everyone. No one is going to say, get out of here, I don't want your prayer. You're a Muslim, you're whatever you believe in, come make dua. My, my, my child is dying. So what a beautiful way to give da'wah, what a beautiful way to earn their love. And it could be a means of their hidayah. So Nabi Wasallam, he went to the, uh, the Yehudi to visit him. And he was on his deathbed, he was dying, the young man. And his father was sitting there, reading, you know, rocking back and forth, reading the Torah, or the corrupted form of the Torah. We believe in the original Torah, not in the corrupted, not in the corrupted things. If whatever you find in the Torah that is in conformance with the Quran, we make tasdiq. We believe in that. This is mimma anzalallah. And whatever form, uh, whatever is anti of, uh, opposite of the Quran, we reject that. All right. Sometimes they're together in the same sentence, like Old Testament Book of Genesis, chapter one, page one, <laughs> as our some of our scholars quote. Chapter 1, page 1. God created the heavens and the earth in six days. Nusaddiq. And he rested on the Sabbath. La nusaddiq. Nukadhib, right? We believe in half the sentence. We don't believe in the... Allah is the one. La ta'akhuduhu sinatun. Wala no. Neither sleep nor slumber overtaketh him. But some of us are sleeping. Some of us are in slumber right now. So we are... Subhanallah. Neither sleep nor slumber overtakes him, but it does definitely overtakes us. <laughs> so we believe in half the sentence. God created the heavens and earth in six days. Then he rested on the Sabbath. We don't believe in that part. And the third is, If there are certain things in the Bible that it's not in accordance with the Quran, not against it, it's just some random details like chapter on kings, all the historical information then we also make tawakkuf. We don't make any judgment. So he was sitting reading the Torah. And then uh, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam knew that this person is about to die. Harisun alaykum. You know, he wants to save everyone from the fire of Jahannam. You are running towards the fire like the moth. And I'm trying to grab you and pull you out from the fire. So he said, he asked this young man. Um, he said, no, he asked the man, the father. He said, "As'aluka billahi alladhi anzala tawrata ala Musa." I ask you in the name of that Allah, for the sake of God, 
that Allah who revealed the original Torah and Musa, do you not find my, my, uh, my mention in the book that you are holding right now? So, they knew and they rejected the curse of Allah and those who reject the truth despite knowing. So he said, no. There's no mention of you in this. So the young man who was dying, he raised up his head and he said, uh, Oh Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, definitely your mention is in this book. And I testify, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammadar Rasulullah. You are the true prophet of Allah and my father is denying the truth. He's lying. And shortly after that he passed away. When Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam came out from there, his face was shining uh, radiant with like the moon, full moon. He was so pleased. And he said, Alhamdulillah, all praise and thanks to Allah who has saved another soul from the eternal fire of Jahannam. So this is the kibber, arrogance. Viewer wanted the final prophet to be from the Banu Israel. Why is he from the Banu Ismail? The other side of the family. Because at the end of the day, it's the same family. Who, which family? Family of Ibrahim. Millat Abikum Ibrahim. He was an imam of Allah, made him for all the people. Now, Ibrahim had one side from Sarah, he had Ishaq. And the other side from Hadir, he had Ismail. Ishaq, his son was Yaqub, who was known as Israel. He had 12 children, they are the Banu Israel, 12 tribes. So at the end of the day, the Yehud and the Arabs are, are what? Cousins. Just a family affair. So they were uh, 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 jealous about that. So this is the shahwat. And then on the other hand, the Nasara, they had shubuhat doubts. They were confused. A lot of confusion. They had doubts. They did not kill Isa They did not crucify Isa but they were fell into doubts. Everything from beginning to end was super confusing. Mystery. Wait a second. His, his birth? No father. Where's the dad? Right? So... Um, they're confused about that. The, uh, the miraculous birth. Then after that, he's touching the blind. Oh, he can start seeing. Then he touches the leper. He becomes cured. And I touch the dead. He becomes alive. So all of these things are happening. Then after that, his ending too. Was, did he, was he, some said he was crucified. Some said no, somebody else was crucified. Where did he go? He was airlifted. Right? The house is surrounded by the Romans, the soldiers, and then he is taken out by Jibreel So they were very confused. Some said he is God. Some said no, he's half God. Some said he is one third God. Some people said every single fraction in the book. The different, different opinions. That's why one of the grand compromises of all times when people have different is which one? The Aqidah of Trinity. The Aqidah of the Trinity is a grand compromise. Because the Emperor Constantine, he said, that's it, man. All of you are fighting about him. He locked him up in a, a, a chapel. And he said, you guys have to figure this out. Come up with one Aqidah. Because each one is coming up with a different story. And then that's how they said the one plus one plus one equals one. <laughs> the God, uh, Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. So this is, Allah, Allah Ta'ala says, Don't say three. 
لَقَدْ كَفَرَ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا إِنَّ اللَّهَ ثَالِثُ ثَلَاثَ Indeed they are kafir, those who say God is the one of the three. The one God in three gods, but there's still one God. So we have the early childhood, mashallah, here program, three to five. Go there, ask them, what's one plus one plus one? Right. Alhamdulillah, that they have the knowledge, right, that one plus one plus one equals three, doesn't equal one. So this is shubuhat, they're confused. Allah Ta'ala says, وَلَا يَكِنْ لَهُمْ They are fell into confusion. The reality is, وَمَا قَتَلُوهُ يَقِينًا The yaqeen is that Allah, that they did not kill him. بَلْ رَفَعُهُ اللَّهُ إِلَيْهِ Allah uplifted him into the heavens. And he's going to come back. Jesus will come back. And when he comes back, the good news is, he'll tell the Christians, that was not me on the cross. T- telling you, I was there. <laughs> I... And uh, that wasn't me. You guys are confused. One of the tafsir of this is when he comes back, you'll tell the Nasara, hey, I appreciate you guys love me, but that wasn't me. And they will, inshallah, believe in Jesus. Jesus coming back. The return of Jesus Christ. <laughs> but, so he, when he comes back, they will, inshallah, believe in him. Those doubts will go away. So the shubuhat will be removed and they will fall will insha'Allah subhanallah will accept Islam they will have Iman so these people had no shahwat or majority of the shahwat had been crushed they were meek, they were humble, they were zahid people the disciples if somebody slapped them on one cheek they would give the other cheek our deen teaches us when you can defend yourselves Yes, if you can make sabar, it's khair. But you don't have to give the other cheek, man. Why are you going to give the other cheek? You beat me here, oh, beat me here as well. Right. So this is part of their teachings. And they were very humble people. So they, they didn't have a shahwa issue. What did they have? Shubha issue. They were confused. Despite having the most sincere intentions, they ended up committing what? A major sin. Such a major sin could be, couldn't be anything worse than that. The heavens are ready to be split asunder. The earth is about to split open. The mountains are ready to crumble into dust. Because of the enormity of the statement, they declare that Rahman has a son. How dare you say such a thing? It does not befit Allah to have a son. So they made the worst possible sin and crime of shirk because of confusion. The problem is they don't have ilm. They're falling conjecture. So lack of ilm led to the shubuhat of the Nasara. And the other hand, the Yehud recovered. They had, there was a problem with the ilm? No, there was no problem with ilm. They had the ilm. And despite having knowledge, what was their issue? They were rejecting the Anbiya. Killing the Prophets without any haqq. Turning right, not only rejecting them, killing them. Nabi Muhammad our beloved Prophet, had multiple assassination attempts. Allah saved him, but in the past, some of them were not saved. Yahya was what? Beheaded, decapitated. Zakaria was sawed in half. Many Ambiya were killed. And Fakhruddin Razi in Tafsir al Kabir, he says, They killed the Anbiya without having any right. Why did Allah Ta'ala say, Without any right? Because obviously it's going to be without a right. Because the right, rightfully, a person's life may be taken in a court of law, not vigilante justice. If a person becomes a murtad, leaves apostate, 
or a person commits zina, rajam, or a person kills someone, takes someone's life, qisas. Like Uthman ibn Affan he climbed the roof of his house when he was surrounded by the rebels. And he said, these are the three reasons you can take someone's life. Any one of you is confused if I'm on apostate, Ashhadu wa la ilaha illallah, Ashhadu Muhammad Rasulullah. I never was a murtad and I declare my Islam. Again, number two, because of zina, I never committed zina in jahiliyyah, much less in Islam. Asdaquhum hayaan, Uthman, the most modest of this ummah. Number three, if I took anyone's life by, um, unlawfully, where is the murder case against me? There's no murder case. So why are you after my life, O oh rebels? There are only three reasons. The Anbiya will never commit any of these crimes. So it's always going to be without any just cause if a Nabi is killed. Then why did Allah Ta'ala say, There's no word in the Quran that is additional without a purpose. Since it's always going to be بغير حقين, what's the point of saying بغير حقين? It's like saying feeding food. The night of Laylatul Qadr. Shabba Qadr Kirat, right? So it's, it's rep- unnecessary repetition. The night of Laylatul Qadr. So, what's the point of saying that? So, he says, there is a point. Because no letter or word in the Quran is Frivolous, low, void, no benefit. There's a benefit. Because there is a possibility that the one who is killing the Prophet, in his mind, he thinks he's killing with a just cause. This is a heretic. This is someone who is preaching the wrong religion. So he thinks that there's a just cause for killing the Nabi. But the reason Allah Ta'ala is saying, is to emphasize that, hatta fi qatil, the one who is killing the Nabi of Allah, even he knows in his heart of hearts that this act of murder of a prophet is what? He does not deserve to die. So this was the level. So they had the knowledge, but they had the shahawat. So these are the two fitnas, shubahat and shahawat. Now, what is the cure for them? The cure for shubahat is ilm. The knowledge of deen will remove all of these doubts that we have. And what is the cure for shahawat? It is tazkiyah, ilm and dhikr. We don't have time to do all the six points, so we just do the third point. <laughs> These ilm and dhikr, they are together. Is there any penalty in crime for Mawlana Ilyas rahmatullah you have to pay, He has to pay more fines if he has to give seven points? No. You could have said first point is iman, second is salah, third is ilm, fourth is dhikr, fifth is ikram, sixth is ikhlas, and seventh is da'wah ilallah. He could have said that. Every point is mufrad one, and the third one is murakab is two. Because ilm and dhikr are not only both necessary, because all of the points are necessary. Iman is necessary, salat is necessary, ikram is necessary, ikhlas is necessary, they're all necessary. So ilm is necessary, dhikr is necessary too. But the relationship between ilm and dhikr is such that they are not only individually necessary, they are necessary for each other. You need both at the same time. A person who acquires ilm only, right, he will end up having arrogance, like Iblis. And a person who acquires tazkiyah only will become, will end up in bid'at and innovations and jahala. And I mean, obviously lack of ilm is jahala, but he will end up committing more sins because he does not have the limits and the hudud that come through ilm. So you need both. If you are increasing in one without the other, 
then it would lead to problems. As is mentioned, مَنْ تَفَقَّهَا وَلَمْ يَتَصَوَّفْ فَقَدْ تَفَسَّقْ وَمَنْ تَصَوَّفَ وَلَمْ يَتَفَقَّهْ فَقَدْ تَزَنْدَقْ وَمَنْ جَمَعَ بَيْنَهُمَا فَقَدْ تَحَقَّ مَنْ تَفَقَّهَا وَلَمْ يَتَصَوَّفْ فَقَدْ تَفَسَّقْ وَمَنْ تَصَوَّفَ وَلَمْ يَتَفَقَّهْ فَقَدْ تَزَنْدَقْ وَمَنْ جَمَعَ بَيْنَهُمَا فَقَدْ تَحَقَّ There's some kalam in the nisbah to Imam Malik, but this statement itself 100% is true. That whoever acquires tafakkuh, deep understanding of the knowledge of the deen, but he doesn't work on the tazkiyah of his nafs, he will become a major fasiq. He'll follow the Yehud, maghdubi alayhim. All the knowledge of the world, academics, he has no doubt, no shubhat, intellectually very strong, but he doesn't have the inner desire to follow. He doesn't have the tazkiyah of the nafs. وَمَنْ تَصَوَّفَ وَلَمْ يَتَفَقَّهُ The one who acquires tazkiyah, 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 la ilaha illallah, illallah, illallah. But he is not acquiring the knowledge of the deen. فَقَدْ تَزَنْدَقُ will become a zindiq. He will end up with deviant practices. وَمَنْ جَمَعَ بَيْنَهُمَا فَقَدْ تَحَقَّهُ Whoever combines the two. إِصْلَاحِ ظَاهِرْ in بَاطِنْ Rectify the exterior through ilm. Rectify the interior through tazkiyah. Reformation of the external dimension through knowledge, reformation of the internal dimension through tazkiyah, both. فَقَدْ تَحَقَّقَ He will reach the reality, حَقِيقَةَ مَعْرِفَةَ of Allah Ta'ala. Likewise, it is mansub, the Sayyid al-Tamriz, mansub, it has been attributed to Imam Shafi rahmatullah in this poem. He has a diwan. There's diwan of Mutanabbi, false prophets, and there's diwan of Imam Shafi rahmatullah. His collection of poetry, beautiful. فَقِيهًا وَصُوفِيًّا فَكُنْ لَيْسَ وَاحِدًا فَإِنِّي وَحَقِّ اللَّهِ إِيَّاكَ أَنْصَحُوا فَذَلِكَ قَاسٍ لَمْ يَذُقْ قَلْبُهُ تُقًا وَهَذَا جَهُولٌ كَيْفَ ذُو الْجَهْلِ يَصْلَحُوا فَقِيهًا وَصُوفِيًّا فَكُنْ Become a faqee and a sufi both. Faqee is the one who has the faqaha, understanding of the deen, external dimension. He has no shubuhat, no doubts. Wasufiyan, the one who has the purity of his heart, the tazki of the heart. فَكُنْ Become both. لَيْسَ وَاحِدًا Not one of the two. فَإِنِّي وَحَقِّ اللَّهِ إِيَّاكَ أَنْصَحُ By the right of Allah upon you, I am advising you, this is what you got to do. Imam Shafi'i. Imam Muhammad ibn Idris al-Shafi'i al-Muttalabi. فَذَلِكَ قَاسٍ That one, which one? The one who's just a dry academic. His heart is hard. قَاس ثُمَّ قَسَّتْ قُلُوبٌ مِنْ بَعْدَ ذَلِكَ فَيَكَ الْحِجَارَةِ أَوَ شَدُّ قَسْوَةً so hard like rocks. Nay, they are harder than rocks. Because Some of the rocks in the mountains, the springs gush forth. But nearly a tear, not a single tear is shedding from this eye. His heart is hard, harder than a rock. All the knowledge in the world is not moving him towards compliance with the orders of Allah, abstaining from sin, because his heart is hard. His heart has not even tasted taqwa. On the other, وَهَذَا جَهُولٌ The other one is complete jahil, ignorant. He may be making tawaf of the grave and making uh, sajda. I saw it with my eyes. You know when you make tawaf of the Kaaba, every time, if you are lucky, you can kiss the Hajar Aswad. Most of the time, what are you going to do? Flying kiss, right? Istilam. From distance, alright? So, and then you make a, another tawaf. Uh, not a tawaf, a shawl. Seven shawl makes one tawaf, right? Make one shot, one circle, and you kiss the Hajar Aswad, make another circle. So I was passing by one grave of Wali of Allah, and he has nothing to do with the shirk taking place. So a person who's doing a full on sajda, 
full on sajda and kissing the grave and getting up and making a circle then kissing making sajda and kissing the grave complete sajda every time so this is wahada jahulun kayfa dhul jahli yaslahu how can a person who has jahala ever be on the right path have salah and righteousness so we need both ilm zahir and ilm batin so an example is like a person performing two rakat salah so a person he knows the fiqh of salah he wrote the book on fiqh living world global authority on fiqh area specialization is fiqh of salah right so every single thing about salah he knows from you know um, that's what happens in a phd right i know every single thing in the world every piece of information about one portion of one gene of one cell of the one wing of the one mosquito right so that's the nature of specialization so so this person is a phd in what salah but his salah is rejected why is he rejected fajallahu haba'a manthura has no way because man salla yura'i faqad ashraka the one who performs salah to show others his salah is rejected the other person is so sincere so sincere he's not praying in the masjid not in the back of the masjid his nafal prayer not farad farad was jama'a then not in his home where his kids can see him wife can see him he goes into his room and locks it and then he goes into the closet who is he showing off to no one he's praying a salah with ultimate sincerity the pinnacle of sincerity haba'a manthura is rejected why ثلاث نهانا رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أن نصلي فيها ونقبر فيها موتانا عند طلوع الشمس وعند استوائها وعند غروبها. Three times the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said, "Do not pray salah when the sun is rising." Oh, you have to end at sunrise time. When the sun is rising, when the sun is uh, um, sitting and setting, and when the sun is in the uh, in the at the zawal time. It's not zawal. Zawal is actual lower time in the istiwaiha when it's right above our heads. When it starts declining, that's when the lower time begins. So that's when the zawal, you're supposed to pray salah in the, when it actually the zawal begins. In the istiwaya, when it's on top of the head. So he's performing the salah in the prohibited time, it's going to be rejected. Why does he know, why is, he, why is salah rejected? Because lack of knowledge. knowledge. So if we want the action to be acceptable, we have to learn the ilm, and we have to have the tasqib, we have to have both. Where do we get the ilm from? I'll conclude now. I just realized it's so late. So well, how do we, how do we, where do we get the ilm from? Rasulullah The ilm comes from Allah. I distribute it, but it comes from Allah. Where do we get the tazkiyah from? Rasulullah Both. I have been sent to perfect the character. I have been sent to teach the ilm. Send a prophet to my progeny who will give them ilm, who you will give them ilm through, through him. He will teach them ilm, teach them tazkiyah. These are the maqasid of Nabuwa. Nabi Salaam taught the ilm, Nabi Salaam taught the tazkiyah. The silsila of the ulama, whether the mufassirun, muhaddithun, fuqaha, qurra, every type of knowledge, where does the chain end? Rasulullah The silsilah of the mashayikh and the awliya, where does the chain end? Through Abu Bakr, through Ali, or Allah, the different sahaba, it goes back to Rasulullah So the ulama will teach the ilm al-zahir, the mashayikh will teach the ilm al-batin. 
And both of them go back to Rasulullah And this is the way we can, we have to link ourselves with the ulama to gain the knowledge of the Zahir, to remove all the shubuhat, to pass the test of the shubuhat, not follow into the path of the, of the Nasara. And we have to link ourselves with the mashayikh to gain the tazkiyah of our hearts so that, inshaAllah, we are connected with the great muzaki, Rasulullah and the actual muzaki is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we will make the Islam or about it. Both of these things are required. Allah Ta'ala has swore by time. Wal Asri. All mankind is going towards an utter destruction. Except for those who believe and do righteous deeds. That's what the reality is. Specifically after that, two efforts are mentioned. Tawasu bil The more you invite one another words, haq and the truth, all your doubts will vanish. Shubuhat. Tawasu bil sabr is more invite towards sabr, which is habsun nafs, caution the nafs. This is the effort of tazkiyah. Tawasu bil haq. The more you speak about amantu billahi wa malaikati wa kutubihi wa rasuli wa al-yom al-akhir wa al-qadir al-khayri wa shari min Allah ta'ala wa al-ba'ati ba'ad al-mawt. Learn our aqidah, the shubhat will go away. That's tawasu bil haq. Tawasu bil sabr is quashing the nafs ammara bisu. Gar nafsi ammara bara muzi kumara. Gar nafsi ammara kumara. So you have destroyed the nafs ammara. That's the biggest thing to destroy. The greatest enemy. That's the tawasu bil sabr. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to realize that we have to work on these two things. We have to acquire ilm, we have to acquire tazkiyah. We have to acquire ta'aleem and tarbiyah. And there is no opportunity for us to go one without other. I conclude with another statement that we always remind ourselves and our students. That man is the ilma, alam yasad zuhada, lam yasad min Allahi illa bu'ada. The one who increased in knowledge simultaneously did not increase in his zuhud and his taqwa has only increased in further board, being farther and farther away from Allah. So we have to take them together. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us with the ilm and tazkiyah, connect us with the ulama and mashayikh, make our islah of our zahir and our batin, grant us the ability to make tawasaw bil haq and tawasaw bil sabr, protect us in fitna of shubuhat and shahwat, connect us with the innama bu'ith the mu'allima, the teacher of mankind, Rasulullah, and the innama bu'ith to liyutamim al-makarim al-akhlaq, the one who taught us akhlaq Rasulullah, يُعَلِّمُهُمُ الْكِتَابُ وَالْحِكْمَةَ وَيُزَكِّيمُ Who did the ta'aleem of the kitab and hikmah and also did the tazkiyah. May Allah Ta'ala connect our hearts with Him. Correct our outer performance of our actions, inner dimension of our actions. Grant us the haqiqat of ilm and dhikr. And resurrect us with the righteous ones. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us one and all. وَأَخَدْ دَعْوَانَ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ الْعَالَمِينَ There are a few important announcements. It says here, number one, please sleep. With the exclamation point. don't disturb anyone, right? Ida al-Muslim haraman, particularly our youth or, or others. Uh, I'm not trying to sing out the youth, but it was shababun wa'am min al-junoon. But anyway, so people want to sleep, so we should let them sleep. Don't uh, disturb them. Breakfast, inshallah, will be at 9.30 a.m. Before you know it, people are waking up for breakfast. Talks will start at 10.30 a.m. We have an amazing program with Brother Ustad Khalid Beg in Mutiazimuddin. And after the last announcement, please remove your belongings from the banquet hall, right? Put them in the racks because people will be having lunch and different activities there during the day. So remove your belongings. May Allah Ta'ala make it easy for us. Before we go, let us perform two rakat salatul ishraq and followed by another two rakat salatul ishraq. Followed by another, that's it, right? Two rakat, followed by two rakat, inshaAllah. And, um, and continue to make dhikr. Uh, while we go to sleep, we recite the du'as, inshaAllah. May Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq to make a'mal wa'akhir da'wan. Alhamdulillah.